With me right now on the phone, it is such an honor to be chatting with a fellow, fellow reporter from Ottawa. Now she's a, she's done good. She's a senior meteorologist on Fox News. Janice Dean, thank you for joining me. Oh, Judy, it's a pleasure. It was so nice to get your email of the blast from the past, right? To well, remind us that, well, it's been some time, but we still feel like we're 18. Absolutely. I still am. You know, with a little bit of work, I'm still 18. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Living in New York, I feel that pressure. (laughs) Well, listen, you know, the reason I reached out to you is because on Facebook, someone had reposted a story from the No Spin Zone. Bill O'Reilly was talking to you on Fox News and I thought, oh my goodness, Janice Dean, here's the, you know, here's the big Bill O'Reilly chatting with you. So my first thing was like, oh my God, that is so great. I'm so happy for Janice. And then my my number two thought was, geez, I wonder what Bill O'Reilly is really like. So tell us, give us the scoop. Well, just between us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? He's a, he's a very nice man. He has always been very generous to me and uh you know we see each other in the hallway he always says good morning or good afternoon or or what have you you know the person that you see on television kind of like all of us that are on tv it's a little bit you know um we're a little bit more than than the person that we are in our normal everyday life because you know you have to attract viewers you have to be a compelling person to watch on television he has that down pat i mean i watch him between commercial breaks when he is really studying what he's the next subject that he's got coming up and then when that on air is you know is in his face and he's got to perform he does he is a performer i mean he he's a very smart man he's got you know he's been a school teacher in his past life he's been on fox news since the very beginning he's had quite a storied career as a reporter and and now as an author a best-selling author you know, he he's a very quiet man, I think, here when we see him every day, which which for the most part, I think most TV personalities are very quiet people. And then when the camera is on, that's when we kind of come out of our shell. Or at least that's, you know, that's how I am. Uh, you know, I, I, I kind of think of myself as a performer, uh, even though I had to go to school for meteorology and I'm a meteorologist. But that's what TV is. But, you know, he's always been very nice to me. And I was so honored, Judy, when he was doing these segments, Did You Know That, about people who work at Fox. He wanted to kind of dig in and see where they came from and how they rose to this moment on Fox News and in the no spin zone. And so it was kind of, it was kind of, you know, an honor to be asked to be on his program and and for him to be very interested in my story and my career. Well, I, you know, he has great respect for you, Janice, and that was the thing that was uh, so touching about that interview. Um, tell folks, enough about Bill O'Reilly, let's talk about Janice Dean. Tell folks how you made the transition from doing uh, television in Ottawa to doing, uh, you know, doing, uh, being the senior meteorologist on Fox News. Well, how much time do we have? <laughs> I'll, I'll try to, you know, encapsulate it. Um, you know, I started my career, obviously, in Ottawa. I went to Algonquin College. I started off taking journalism at, at Carleton University, which Bill O'Reilly mentioned in his piece on me. I didn't last very long at Carleton, even though it's a very respected university, and especially their journalism program, because I guess I was a little bit... Um, you know, I, I wanted to be on camera. I wanted to learn how to report. And I, I learned that while I was in school, it was going to take till fourth or fifth year to 
to really get to know what it's like to be a reporter and write for the news. So I was like, okay, maybe I'll take a break here. And I learned that there was a program at Algonquin College in Ottawa that offered radio television broadcasting. It was a two-year program. And, you know, right away you're in there, you're learning how to be on television, learn to write the news, learn to be in radio, which is actually where my career started uh, in radio. And the professors that are at Algonquin are in the business. So you're already networking when you get there. So right out of college, I got a job at a classic rock station in Ottawa, Shea 106. And I was also part-time doing the weather at CBC Ottawa. Right. So that's how I kind of started my career in weather. And I've always had a love of weather, even as a kid, you know, the big snowstorms that we got in Ottawa. Um, it, I, was, I was always very interested in the atmosphere and how things happened and, and how a forecaster would do their forecast and tell people three to five days in advance what the picnic is going to look like. So I always had, you know, I always had an interest in that. So it took, I started in radio and I did television on the side and that was kind of my career for a good chunk. I would say 10 to 12 years uh, of my life. I moved to Houston. I lived there for four or five years. I did radio television there. And then um, I moved back to Ottawa for a very short period of time. And a, co a colleague of mine uh, in Ottawa at CFRA uh, handed me this job description and said, you know, you'd be really good at this. And I looked at it and it was, you know, an entertainment reporter, news writer for Imus in the morning. And, you know, if you're familiar with big broadcasters, big of radio course. jobs, Imus was one of them. Absolutely. So he was, it was uh, he's Howard Stern's biggest rival. So to yes, get on yes, that yes. show, wow. And, you know, I it was kind of a dare. I thought, all right, sure. What have I got to lose? I'm single. I'll, I'll try this. And I believe it or not, I went for two auditions in New York and I got the job. Uh, and I worked there for about a year. And I had heard that they were looking for a weather person at Fox. Uh, I was doing other jobs on the side. I was, I was working as a, a traffic reporter at CBS uh, t TV here in New York. And a colleague, a colleague of mine, a, a makeup artist who worked over at CBS said, you know, I, you, they're looking for people over at Fox News. I'm a makeup artist over there as well. Can I take your tape over? And I thought, okay. <laughs> My whole career has been a kind of like, what the heck? Uh, and, and so she brought my tape over to Fox and they were looking for a daytime weather person. And, uh, and, and that's how I, I got in here. So not, not the traditional way of getting jobs. But, you know, when I go out and talk to students in school, I always say to them, you never know where your next job opportunity is going to come from. A lot of times it's not, un it's not conventional uh, with the resume. It's who you know. And, and if you're nice to, you know, if you're nice to everyone, if you're a good person and you're treating uh, someone the way you want to be treated, you never know who's going to hire you. And especially in this business where, you know, people are always moving, moving up and moving to different uh, stations. And, and New York is, you know, even it's a big city, it's very small in this, in this industry. People get to know each other. And so I always say to people, you never know where your next job is going to come from. And that's really been my career. It's been the people that you meet, the impressions that you make on them, and, you know, keeping in touch with them throughout, throughout your career. Absolutely. And I'll have to say in this day and age, by the way, I'm chatting with Janice Dean. She's the senior meteorologist on Fox News and uh, Ottawa girl done well. She is in, uh, in New York. And uh, I, I have to say, uh, you know, the weather has become 
very challenging. Uh, if you just look at what's going on in uh, in California now, where they're saying, oh, California's only got a year's worth of water left. But seriously, there are some, weather has become one of the big things. Like it's no longer just the background, but you know, a lot of uh, national news reports start off with the weather. I know you were on Fox News when, for example, Hurricane Katrina hit. Tell me what was it like with that much information coming in so quickly, something so horrific as Hurricane Katrina. Uh, how do you keep sort of your, your wits about you when you are doing something as, as, um, you know, as important as the weather at times like that? Well, you're right, Judy. Weather is a lot of times the number one story. We just had tragic tornadoes uh, just outside of Chicago last week, and there is always a weather story. The epic historic drought in California is, is certainly top of mind. It's funny you mentioned Katrina. We are it's the 10th anniversary of Katrina this year, mm-hmm. and uh, we're working on um, specials for Fox News. You know, a retrospective of 10 years. You know, h- how did we do as forecasters? What if a storm like that hit now? You know, how would we be able to deliver the information, you know, better serve the public? Um, but I've been looking at tapes from 10 years ago just to sort of refresh my memory about the storm and how it was forecast. The forecast was good. We, we did well on that. Uh, but, you know, it was a scary storm. The day before it hit uh, the Gulf Coast, it was a Category 5 storm. I mean, the U.S. has only had three Category 5s ever hit the U.S., uh, it came on shore as a Category 3, but the storm surge was, you know, reminiscent of a 4 or a 5, and, and that was the devastating part of the storm. And I, re- and I remember back to the day after the storm hit, and everything seemed okay. You know, a lot of newspapers said, we dodged a bullet, we dodged a bullet, and then the levees broke, mm-hmm. and the levees couldn't take all of the, the, the water. Now... We haven't had a Hurricane Katrina like that in 10 years. We've had hurricanes, but nothing of that magnitude. I don't know if we're going to ever see another Hurricane Katrina in our lifetime. We had Hurricane Sandy a couple of years ago that devastated part of the Northeast Coast. Uh, So there's always going to be those big storms uh, that make an impact. You know, forecasting has gotten better. Our five-day forecast has gotten better. Um, You know, looking at the tracks of hurricanes uh, they're getting better at pinpointing the, the region that it's that is going to move inland but i'm always about preparation you know um we had a big snowstorm uh that was supposed to hit new york this year and bring 20 to 30 inches of snow right it was the be all and end all the epic snowstorm that would bury new york city and it missed us by 50 miles but you know what judy that was the difference because new york didn't get much of anything and that was the big story but new england got the brunt of the storm and the forecast was right there so even though we have a good idea of where a storm is going you know we can be off by 50 miles and that can be the difference between burying new york city and you know us escaping the worst storm ever well it's funny that you mentioned that because i was uh, speaking to some friends in new jersey and uh, just recently, they said that there were a lot of weather reporters that in New York, in New Jersey, who were getting death threats after that near miss. And I thought, okay, you know what? New York, New Jersey, you just have to hold back just a tad, okay? <laughs> I have to say, I do national weather, which I'm very grateful for. I Hats off to the local forecasters because...
because they're doing the best job that they can with the information that we right. get. We're getting we're getting better, but I know you've heard it before. It's not an exact science, and that 50 mile difference between being offshore and onshore can mean the difference between this epic storm and nothing at all. And I thought to myself, aren't you glad, New York, that exactly. you were spared from this? You know, meanwhile, Boston has gotten like the biggest snowfall totals of all all time this winter. So, you know, I don't. I think in the age of social media with the Facebook and the Twitter, we get real-time responses very quickly about how we got it wrong. So, you know, that kind of magnifies the, pro, the, the problem. But, you know, I always say just, you know, be thankful for your local forecasters. We don't want to get it wrong. We're the last people that <laughs> exactly. would want to get the forecast wrong. <laughs> I'm uh, speaking to Janice Dean from Fox News. She's a senior meteorologist. She, uh, as you as you heard, Janice's career really is uh, is quite amazing. Going from Ottawa radio and television, and now she's on Fox News with uh, with Bill O'Reilly. And I love your message that if you're good to people when you're moving up the up the ladder, up the corporate ladder, that it, it comes back because it is a very small world. And I think the thing about uh, you, Janice, that's very, very um, uh, so likable. It's just your personality. You're so bubbly. You're so happy. And yet you've got a very important job. Like I said, challenging times now with, uh, with what's going on in our weather. Uh, but on a more serious note, uh, Janice, uh, you know, you were diagnosed with MS. Can we talk about that for a second? Because I know you're a huge spokesperson for the uh, MS Society. And can you share a little bit of that with us? Absolutely. Uh, I'm actually going to be in D.C. Uh, this week to talk to uh, people who were diagnosed with MS or people who have a family member that had MS or, or somebody that they love. I was actually diagnosed 10 years ago. We were talking about Hurricane Katrina. My diagnosis came very shortly after that hurricane. And, um, wow. you know, I've talked about, you know, forecasting storms, but little did I know I had my own neurological storm going on uh, back then 10 mm. years ago. It was after, you know, it was the big hurricane season of 2005. I was working long hours. I was, uh, I was really, really tired. More, you know, more so than than usual. And uh, I decided I needed to take a few days off and 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 go on a vacation with my then boyfriend, who's now my husband, Aww. and uh, take uh, take some time off. So I actually went back to Ottawa to visit friends and family, and. Literally two days after I was taking uh, vacation, I woke up the next day and I had, you know, numbness and tingling under my feet and on my thighs, and I was overwhelmingly tired. Like you couldn't get, I couldn't get out of bed. So I thought there's something wrong here, and I went to see a, a doctor in Ottawa, and I remember her saying to me, "Well, this could be anything from a slip disc to MS." And I, I <gasps> thought, "Are you kidding me? Are you?" Uh, what are you? You're telling me I could have MS? Well, how how ridiculous are you right now? Mm -hmm. You know, I I just I was like, there's no way I have a chronic illness, and at the time I didn't really know much about it. But she said, you know, go back to the U.S. You need to get some, you know, you should get some tests done. You should get some MRIs so that they can look at your spine. And so I did just that. I came back. I got uh, some MRIs done, MRIs done of my my brain and my spine. And again, the the numbness wasn't going away, and the the extreme you know fatigue wasn't going away. So the doctor at the time looked at my MRIs and said, well, you know, uh, I'd like to do a spinal tap on you, which is another test they do for, for MS. And uh, the, you know, the spinal fluid came out positive for a protein that they look for in MS patients. 
So I had that as well. I had I had lesions on my spine and my brain, and I also had the uh, the proteins that they look for in the spinal uh, fluid. So I just remember the doctor saying, you pro- more than likely have this. I'm going to give you some steroids, and that will bring the swelling down, hopefully, and you'll get the feeling back in, in your, 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 the bottoms of your feet, and you know, you'll hopefully start to feel, uh, feel better. Um, but I mean, I, I was blown away. I was like, what? What do you, I mean, you think your life, your, your life changes in a moment because I also wasn't well informed about multiple sclerosis, but mm. I, I certainly did my homework and, you know, knock wood 10 years later, um, I'm doing great. I mean, I think anyone that's diagnosed with, um, any kind of illness, uh, a chronic illness like MS or, or really anything, you know, you kind of take stock in that moment and say, Okay, what's most what's most important to me right now? And for many years, I was so focused on my career and okay, what am I going to do next? And that was sort of my fulfillment is my career. And I thought, okay, my health is the most important thing, uh, and my family. And you know, God bless him, my boyfriend at the time, Sean. He, you know, we're married, we have two children, so he literally, you know, took me in sickness and in health. And I'm so blessed because I had him to lean on. And I had a great place uh, like Fox, who were, was also very supportive of me. What can we do? How can we help you? And since then, I, I've had minor setbacks, uh, but but I'm doing okay. And that was one of the most important things for me, Judy, is to find people that were doing okay. Mm-hmm. You know, so many times I think there's a stigma with this illness that you're going to be in, in a wheelchair. And yes, there are certain cases where, you know, you just you go downhill, but the the diagnosis is coming sooner and the therapies are getting better and people are living longer and they're living better lives and I just saw my neurologist the other day and she said Janice you know I picked this field neurology and I'm in this you know I'm a doctor for for MS patients and it's such an exciting time for us because we're getting so much closer to not only a diagnosis but stopping the progression of the disease itself so um, you know I, I'm very happy to be a spokesperson because you know, when I was diagnosed, I was looking for people like me speaking out and saying, look, I'm living a full life. It doesn't have to be, you know, the end of your life. You can live a fulfilling, uh, a wonderful, uh, you know, have a great career, have a family and still live with a chronic illness. So, you know, what would you say to the the man or the woman that wakes up today that has just gone to their doctor, they have been diagnosed with MS, what is the website or where would you send folks to get more information? What is that that beacon for them that they can say, hey, you know what, I heard Janice uh, speaking and I need some more information at my fingertips? Very good. You know, reaching out to people, I think, to have a support group is the number one. Uh, you know, getting that diagnosis can be devastating. Having a good doctor. Uh, the National MS Society is, you know, is is the place to go. They're the website. They're, they have the information. And they also have support groups all over the U.S. and Canada uh, to help people to reach out and, and uh, you know, look at your community. Uh, MS, unfortunately, affects millions of people, whether it's yourself or your mom or your dad or a family member or a loved one. Um, so I'm very grateful for the National MS Society because they, you know, kind of gave me a place to lean on and to find out more information. The internet can be very scary when you're first diagnosed because, sure. you know, uh, with anything. Uh, and, and so you have to try to find the information that is the most accurate. And um, for me, again, 
having a great doctor is so important, but having a support group is 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 big as well. And that's why I, you know, love to speak out and 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 speak to people uh, who have been newly diagnosed. The, your life is not over, and you can really live a better life. I always say I. Sometimes I think the diagnosis made me a better person uh, because it did. It made me stop and say, wait a minute, what is the most important thing to me? Um, and, and the career is great and, uh, you know, living in a nice house or whatever, but and material things kind of go by the wayside. It's, it's your health. It's who's important to you. And, and that's really what life is all about. Janice Dean, a senior meteorologist from Fox News, a reporter, television, radio personality from Ottawa, now living in New York, and perhaps the most important message uh, that Janice has has uh, delivered this morning for me, you know, is for folks who are uh, challenged with MS, with an MS diagnosis. Your life is not over. Exactly. And uh, fantastic websites like the National MS Society have so much important information and contacts, support groups that you can reach out to. So don't freak yourself out on the Internet because you're right, Janice, that can be <laughs> so easy it is. to do. It's scary. Right? It's a big, scary world out there. And I, you know, I, I saw a wheelchair in my future and, uh, and, and education is, is so important. And again, we're getting there. I really think in my lifetime there's going to be a cure for this this disease. So do I. I have just heard uh, so much about the research and just the times that we're living in, you know. And I think it's just uh, the the universe's way of whether it's something as massive as Hurricane Katrina or something as massive as a personal diagnosis like MS, they pick the right person, someone so courageous, so uh, so perky, so sweet as Janice Dean, Canada's own, to deliver that news. So Janice, thank you so much for speaking to me this morning. Oh my gosh, it was my pleasure, and, and, and I hope you will keep in touch. We can keep this dialogue going. Absolutely.